national championship, but it still feels good when it finally happens. And the Sooner women were able to celebrate last night. Congratulations, back-to-back, four of six, five of nine. Oklahoma beats Texas uh, 10 to five in game two of the Women's College World Series finals last night. I thought the de- you know, Patty Gasso had said earlier in the week in one of the press conferences that she still thinks that defense wins championships despite the uh, prodigious Sooner lineup uh, with all that home run prowess with uh, particularly, obviously, Jocelyn Allo and T.R.A. Jennings. That defense would play a role. It did play a role for Oklahoma. Played a huge role last night. I thought, obviously, the Jada Coleman catch, that was Willie Mays-esque, Ken Griffey Jr.-like. It was unbelievable. How about the vertical on Jada Coleman? That was impressive. Very nice. Elisa Brito had, I thought, a great night out in left field, a great night at the plate, too. It was a real spark plug for Oklahoma. You got home runs from Grace Lyons. Kenzie Hansen hits one out. That was awesome. And the Sooner women, uh, they get it done winning the Natty last night. Again, they are one of the most dominant programs in all of sports right now. Patty Gasso has a dynasty happening right now in Norman, Oklahoma. How about the record set by the Sooners? Most runs in a single Women's College World Series was 64. Most home runs in a single Women's College World Series was 17. Best run deferential, the biggest in a Women's College World Series, plus 47 for Oklahoma. Most runs in a Women's College World Series championship series with 26. Most home runs by a player in the Women's College World Series. In this case, players for Oklahoma, Jocelyn Allo and Tiare Jennings with five each. It was just an incredible display all season long, 59-3. The Sooner women uh, were spectacular. Parker Thune joining us, and I assume, Parker, that you are in – have you made it to Vegas? We have indeed made it to Vegas, Mike. Travis Davidson and I are posted up at the Sinesta in Vegas. We actually just had – a delightful breakfast at one Baby Stacks Cafe and rolled back to the hotel just in time to get set up for the remote. So, yeah, here we are. The uh, pool play sessions at the Overtime 7v7 tourney start tonight at about 7 p.m. local time, which is obviously 9 central. So until then, obviously, I'm on air here for the next three hours, and then Travis has the next three hours after that on the rush with Tyler McComas. Did you guys have a wild night and uh, wake up with a tiger in the bathroom by any chance? So we did not wake okay. up with a tiger just in the know. bathroom. Right. No. Just um, wanted to know. Nobody was missing a tooth or anything like that. Not to my knowledge. Okay. Um, uh, Travis, you got all your teeth? Okay. Yeah, Travis got – he's got all his teeth, and so do I. So uh, it looks like the first night in Vegas went by swimmingly and without incident. I did see uh, – tell Trav, great effort getting the uh, pick over at uh, Los Boyos Hermanos. That was very nice. Even though it's now something different, uh, I was very happy to see that pick. It took me a while to get to it because I saw it after the stream, but that was very well done. So at least you got one good stop on the Breaking Bad tour in Albuquerque, which was cool. All right, uh, last night uh, I think I saw your tweet and I felt the same way. You felt like it was inevitable even when Oklahoma got down early in the game and Jordy Ball was coming out, and she struggled a little bit early in the game, but also got some great defensive help. Obviously, Jada Coleman was unbelievable, but uh, the Sooner women, they weren't going to be denied last night. No, they were not. And <laughs> we were, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mike. Travis and I had the game on, obviously, as we were road tripping through western Arizona at that point. 
And understandably, some folks were starting to squirm when Texas led 2-0 after three. But if there's one thing we know about this team, it's that one swing of the bat can ignite the entire lineup one through nine. And the Sooners got that one swing, and it led to another swing, and another swing, and another swing. Of course, the big one by Ken, Kinsey Hansen that really, really put the nail in the coffin. But I'll tell you what, Mike, and you mentioned it at the top of the show, defense does win championships. And it was the Sooners' defense last night, particularly the play of Jada Coleman, that kept Texas from garnering a whole lot of momentum early on because the couple runs that they got in the first that two-run frame, that dent could have been a whole lot worse, no doubt. If not for some of Coleman's spectacular play in center field. Yeah, and uh, man, you you just can't say enough about the job that Patty Gasso has done. Unbelievable. Uh, let's play a couple clips and uh, talk about you know this team because this team had the burden of expectations, unlike you know any other that I can remember. Where it's like, man, this team is either going to be a national champion or a disappointment. And, you know, that's, that's because of the lofty status that the OU program has because of the job that Patty Gasso has done, and they were able to get it done. And think of all, all the great moments, you know, the trip to Hawaii and Jocelyn Allo getting emotional and, uh, you know, Plank played the clip at the end of his show, uh, you know, hearing Patty that it was, it was a little bit of a rocky ride early on for Jocelyn Allo until – Things got settled in, and she became, I, I think, the greatest uh, hitter in the history of women's college softball. But it wasn't a, a smooth sailing road. She wasn't on the Autobahn or anything. There was a long and winding road, at least early in her career. But uh, the journey that she went on was spectacular, and it culminated with the curtain call last night, her getting emotional. I mean, it, it was great. It was absolutely great, and it's going to be unbelievable to watch an OU softball game without Jocelyn Allo, you know, coming to the plate for Oklahoma, but life goes on. Let's hear from Patty, though, last night, who said there was no doubt, even with all the talent, uh, that this team's chemistry was special. They're very competitive. They're very athletic. Um, They all have the same things in common, the same traits, and that's hard work. They're very blue-collar style. Um, they don't take pitches off. They don't take days off. Um, they like to win. They want to win. They love to win. For the and, and they get around each other, and they want to see how good they can be. And it's not in a cocky way. Um, you see them celebrate things because we work on it. And when they get it done, they celebrate it. And so it's fun to watch them play. And their passion and exuberance and love for playing is really what kind of brings them together. All right, so the Sooners win it again, uh, back-to-back. That is four of six and five of nine. And, uh, you know, next year looks just as good for Oklahoma. I know you're not going to have Jocelyn Allo coming back, and uh, that's a big loss. But You have Tiare Jennings, Jordy Ball, Grace Lyons, Nicole May, Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, Kenzie Hansen, Elisa Brito. All coming back, plus uh, Addison Bernard. Uh, you know, a lot of talk that she's going to be uh, potentially coming to Oklahoma through the portal. The Wichita State slugger, who is one of the best in the country. Uh, you've got a pitcher from Michigan also potentially coming into OU. So uh, they're going to keep the ball rolling. OU softball is at the uh, the peak of Everest right now. They've reached the summit, 
and it's up to somebody else to try and come and knock them off. And uh, I don't see anybody doing it here real soon, uh, even based on what they have coming back. I, all right, I love, you know, all the emotion last night was awesome. I believe it was Jenny Carlson who asked Patty Gasso about, you know, you've experienced that last out and the celebration a bunch of times. You know, what was it like last night, and how would you compare and contrast that to other championships that you've won? And here's how Patty answered that, getting very emotional. The game goes by fast, and there's highs and there's lows. And you just walk. I just I sit back like a fan. That's what I do. And I just sit and watch. And it's just prideful to see these guys do that, to see them get emotional like I am right now. They don't realize how good they are. Maybe I don't realize how good they are. Everybody asks us, and we just play. We just play, and we love to have fun and love to play. So... You ask me to compare. You ask me what it feels like. It feels like something we do every day at practice. Patty Gasso getting emotional last night. And if you watched any of the postgame press conference with the ladies up on the podium and Coach Gasso, man, there was a lot of emotion. Kenzie Hansen and uh, Jocelyn Allo. It happened to Jossie on the field and at the podium in the postgame. And obviously Patty right there. So, And I got to tell you what I've been struck by. All year, and especially again last night, the quality of the character of these young ladies. Not just how great they are athletically, but hearing them all speak and talk about just being a teammate and picking up your teammate. You didn't hear anything about me, me, me. You heard everything about being a teammate and the member of a team and picking up your teammate, whether it was... You know, Jada Coleman or uh, Jossie last night. Kinsey Hansen talked about, you know, how one of the super seniors, uh, Jossie, was hers and how much she's going to miss, you know, the guidance and all the things that she learned from Jocelyn Allo. And they're all so well-spoken. They're all very humble. I know some people nationally look at, you know, the celebration and, and they may think that the uh, the Sooner women are a little bit cocky. I think they're just confident. Jada Coleman, you know, when she gets off the bus, yells boomer and everything. But if you hear these ladies speak and how they conduct themselves, it is impressive, man. It is very impressive. There's a lot more than just softball going on there. Uh, and I've been struck by that all year, and particularly last night, just hearing all of those girls speak about their experience with this team, with Coach Gasso, with each other. It was really, um, really cool to hear. Parker, I'm telling you what, uh, you know, we've talked about what Brent Venables is trying to do at Oklahoma, and it's about more than football. It's about life after football. And, look, I'm sure there are a lot of coaches around the country who preach the same thing. And But you can say that and actually be about that. And it's clear that Patty Gasso is about that also with her program. They're great on the field, but I'm just so impressed, again, with the character of uh, the girls on this team. It's been really fun to watch. That it has, Mike. And when you look at the job that Patty Gasso has done in that regard, not just cultivating a program that is the juggernaut of college softball, but a program that plays with such joy and fervor. And they play for one another. And they play for Patty. And it's always the team. It's never the individual. 
That's what makes a program truly special. And you can't win five of nine national titles without a dynamic like that. And so Patty Gasso, at this point in time, Mike, yeah, she's done a fantastic job. But guess what? Now, especially as she gets older and she presumably starts to enter the twilight of her career, look, she's not going to be the OU softball coach forever. We know that much, and she's already been there, what, 27, 28 years by this point? Her job gets easier and easier and easier as the years go by because once you cultivate that culture, once that's something you establish, it has a trickle-down effect for years to come. And your seniors, your elder statesmen on your roster, they pass it down to the younger players, and there comes a point where those younger players ascend to seniority in the locker room, and they pass it down to those below them. And so, like I said, trickle-down effect for Patty Gasso in this OU softball program, and that's exactly why they're not going to go away. And as long as Patty Gasso is the head softball coach at the University of Oklahoma, I'm not saying we're ever going to see a team do what they did this season again, but you're not going to see a steep drop-off from these Oklahoma Sooners. No doubt, no doubt. And again, like I said, the winning is great. The natties are great. Uh, No doubt they're uh, maybe the most dominant team out there in collegiate sports right now. But also there's something special going on there and what she's doing in, uh, you know, life after softball for these young ladies. They're doing it right at the University of Oklahoma with their softball program, no doubt. All right, we want to thank Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Great company, great former Sooner. They've been in business for 15 years now in the greater Oklahoma City area. They've done some work for us over at Chase Stadium. That's my wife, so I call it Chase Stadium. Uh, 405-579-3113. They've done a great job at a very fair price. Give Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. We'll take a quick break. Got our man Connor Pasby on the board with us. Parker is out in Vegas along with Travis Davidson. You'll hear Trav on with uh, Tyler McComas a little bit later on right here on The Ref. Let's come back and let's talk a little sooner footballs. Pretty important weekend again in Norman. We'll talk about that when we get back. We are back. It is a Friday. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. We got Connor Pasby on the board today. Hope you're doing well, getting you ready for the weekend. And uh, Parker, this is another weekend for Sooner football with some big visitors. It may not be Champion Barbecue, but it's pretty, pretty big. And I guess we start with uh, DJ Lagway. Would that be the place to start? Uh, That would be the pretty natural place to start, Mike, because, look, we were talking about it yesterday on Locked In. Our expectation was that DJ Lagway was going to be out here in Vegas at the Overtime 7v7. At least that was initially the plan. Well, guess what? He's on campus at the University of Oklahoma right now and exchanging texts with DJ last night. This is all he's got on the schedule this weekend. He's not coming out here to overtime. So uh, he, he put that off the table in order to take this unofficial visit to the University of Oklahoma, which says a lot, man, about OU's chances to land this guy. Because this is, as we were talking about yesterday, probably the biggest 7-on-7 event of the year. So if this is something that you're willing to forego in favor of a visit, that visit better be to a school that you're pretty dang serious about, Mike. Yeah, it, it, it certainly uh, looks and sounds that way. So uh, tell us again, DJ Lagway, five-star quarterback. Everybody wants this kid. 
Uh, give us a little rundown on him and, again, uh, who the Sooners are going to be battling it out with to try and get him. Yeah, so DJ Lagway, dual threat, five-star quarterback in the class of 2024 out of Willis, Texas. Uh, you'll hear a lot of very flattering comparisons. I've heard the Deshaun Watson comparison. Uh, hopefully that comparison is limited to on the field. Uh, if that's if that's the type of player that I know, DJ Connor Lagway and I just both lo- we both looked at each other like what? No, no. Yeah, the, the, the Deshaun Watson comparison has become a lot less flattering given the connotations there in recent weeks. But no, DJ Lackway is supremely talented, probably going to be the top quarterback in that cycle if Dylan Riola reclassifies, which I expect is a possibility. He's already committed to Ohio State and he is college ready right now. I've seen that kid in person. He is a superstar in the making. And so if Riola reclassifies, as is a growing expectation, I would think Lagway will be in the mix to be the number one overall quarterback in the class of 2024. And OU's doing battle with just about everybody at this point, Mike. Everybody wants DJ Lagway. Among the top contenders for his commitment right now, uh, Mule Shoe and USC are very much in the mix. He's got an Alabama offer. Clemson offered not too long ago. Georgia has an offer out to him. Oregon, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, they all want him. So OU is going to have to outdo a lot of other suitors if they want to bring this guy home to Norman. But if this visit if this visit indicates nothing else, it certainly indicates that there's a very good chance Oklahoma could end up doing that. Don't get me started on Muleshoe again. He's running his yapper again with Chris Lowe on ESPN, and we're going to How hammer that How many exclusive that interviews we are going to, is that dude going to do? I mean, why are all these reporters talking to him? And this is a coordinated SC, this, this line now that he's spouting in this story with Chris Lowe. We didn't run from the SEC. We ran to USC. He really thought he did something with that, didn't uh, he? No, and here's like, the deal. He, I would almost guarantee you that wasn't him. That was some PR dork. Might have been Clark Stroud, his little hanger on. Well, it's you know, it was the it was the exact same person Mike that told him or that probably told him to say we didn't take players from Oklahoma. We yeah, took players exactly. from the transfer. Like, that's the kind of, oh, boy. There I, was some, my, if I say this, boom, mic drop. They're going right. to see that, and they're going to blow that up on Twitter. Exactly. There was some kind of brainstorming. Lincoln, we've got to change the narrative here that you were running from the SEC, and we've got to take a look at this here. How about we have, I wasn't running from the SEC. I was running to USC. <gasps> That's it right there, you know, and that's how it went down. And now Muleshoe and these people who are lapping up his bull manure are just pathetic. (laughs) I mean, this is just ridiculous. This guy, here's what I want to do. I want to do this. Remember we talked about BYU after Barry Switzer uh, talked Badly about Barry Switzer was, you know, campaigning that the Sooners would win the national championship if they beat Washington in the Orange Bowl because BYU hadn't played a strong enough schedule. And again, BYU winning that national championship that year beat a Michigan, a six and five Michigan team in the Holiday Bowl to win the national championship. All right. So after BYU won and Oklahoma lost and BYU was crowned national champions, they named a sewage treatment facility again after Barry Switzer out in Utah. I want us to get a petition together and name the water treatment uh, slash sewage facility after the Lincoln-Riley Memorial sewage treatment plant. 
because that guy is so full of it. And then, then he's also talking about, well, I talked to Bob Stoops, and Bob said, you know, that maybe something might have been different for him. But, you know, you never know. I'm like, now you're throwing Bob Stoops into it also. Like, Bob Stoops kind of said that, well, I talked to Bob about that comment about, you know, Bob had other offers. And then he's also saying, I never took a call from anybody else. The only call I yeah, ever took crap. from anybody was USC right after the Bedlam game. I mean, if he had the Pinocchio nose situation going on, that nose would be stretching all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast right now. That guy is full of feces. Don't, and I'm amazed these people keep, you know, this has got to be some PR deal from USC, right? Because all the time, hey, Colin, yeah, we got Lincoln for you if you need him. Hey, by the way, we've got a new, uh, a new angle on this. Lincoln didn't run from the SEC. You know what he did? He ran to USC. Can you roll with that? Okay, great. Sounds good. We'll see you then. I mean, those must be the kind of phone calls they're making. I mean, renamed Dirty Bird after Mule Shoe. The USC SID is working overtime. Yes, text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I promised myself when I saw this today and uh, Mount St. Helens erupted again, there's volcanic ash all around the studio right now. But that I'm not going to let this overtake the, the moment for the OU ladies. They deserve most of this show today. But when I saw this again, I thought, this guy, I mean, just, just absolutely no shame. And it's kind of like it, you just want to say, you know, the old Chris Farley line, Matt Foley, I wish you could just shut your big yapper, you know, but he can't. You know why? It's bothering him. He knows he's a slithering snake, slithering all out there in Hollywood. The snake that is Muleshoe. What a – oh, jeez. I'm telling you. How you doing, Parker? Everything good? Everything's good, Mike. I just I, I I love your mule shoe soliloquies. So just I'm just I'm just I, shutting up and listening. I'm along for the ride at this point because every time we get a new exclusive interview from Mule Shoe, Lord knows the entire Sooner State wants to hear from one man and one man only, and that is <laughs> yeah, Mike right. Steely. I you know I'm listening to when I go in and cut audio and and try and get all everything I'm trying to get ready for the show. I'm in this studio, and I always have Plank Show on in the Q speaker where I can, you know, I can cut my audio and still listen to Plank and Josh at the same time. That's a great show. And I heard Plank go, oh, wait a minute, Lincoln Riley's trending. I'm like, what? Son of a... And then it's like, you know, the story in that new line that they're throwing out there. He is so full of it. We need, can we get, is there any way we can get with the city of Norman and name the sewage treatment plant? Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's name Mike, the sewage anybody, treatment facility after Muleshoe. If anybody can pull this off, Mike, it's you. So, if you want to go, if you want to get the start drawing up the paperwork on this, I have no doubt that the voice of the Sooner fan, Mike Steely, has the power and the sway to make this happen. Where it, where even is the sewage treatment plant in Norman? I didn't even know we had one. I think it's out there uh, south of Highway Nine, right? Because if the wind blows in the wrong direction, it can get oh, kind okay. Of, yep, can, I know it, exactly it what you're into, talking about. It now. can turn into Funky Town real quick. <laughs> and I think with the Lincoln Riley, he's full of sewage treatment facility. 
I that you see that would be awesome. We need to get to work on this immediately. All right, somebody get the petition. We'll start getting signatures immediately. All right, let's break right here, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, Mike Steely, along with Parker Thune. Parker's in Vegas. Got Connor Pasby running the board. It is Friday here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. OU baseball starting in about 90 minutes. Jake Bennett on the mound in the Super Regional matchup with Virginia Tech. We'll talk a little bit, uh, you know, about OU football again. We'll keep going over these uh, visits this weekend. Obviously, DJ Lagway is the big one, but more of that coming up. We'll also head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439 when we get back. Keep it here. Okay, back with you on a Friday. Uh, Beats and Bites Festival 2022 is happening at Riverwind Casino. Next show up will be the show on uh, June 18th on a Saturday night, and that will be Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. You can get your individual tickets uh, online at riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece. I mean, that's a bargain for the music you're going to get with three great bands. And then you actually... Uh, you know, get a lot else out there that you can take advantage of. The best local food trucks, retail vendors, even a fireworks display on uh, July 9th, right after the show from the Randy Rogers Band. You have a, a couple of shows in July. The Randy Rogers Band again July 9th, and then Scotty McCreary on July 30th. And again, Coop Ale Works with some great craft beer out there for you. Also sponsoring Beats and Bites 2022 out at Riverwind Casino. So get outdoors. Enjoy some great food, enjoy some great music, and bring your folding chairs and just have a great, great time outdoors. Beats and Bites 2022. Get all of your individual tickets online now at riverwind.com, or you can get them at the box office right over there inside the casino next to the Showplace Theater. By the way, uh, we forgot to play our uh, Lincoln Riley music. Not that I'm going to talk about Lincoln Riley right now, but uh, we do need to interject this Lincoln Riley music. There you go. Thank you, Nazareth, off your uh, album, Hair of the Dog, and the song, Hair of the Dog. All right, uh, let's go back to the Air Comfort Solution text line. Mule Shoe probably supports the Live Golf Tour. <laughs> that, well, the Live Golf Tour is all about what, Mike? Uh, it's all about money, 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 money me, me, and money. power. That's right, and you don't, you know, you're... You're basically uh, lining up with an evil regime. It doesn't matter though because it's all about me and the money. So I like that. Maybe oh. that's the maybe that's the eventual job that Mule Shoe is angling for. He'll just be the director of golf for the Live Tour. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I could see him doing that. Uh, he and Greg Norman are both very popular. Oklahoma Johnny says the Norman sewage treatment plant is actually a couple hours south of Norman. It's right after you cross a river. And let me tell you, it's huge. Definitely reeks. Really? I did not know that. Well, we still need to name it after Lincoln Riley. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think that would be, I think people would be for that. Come on, let's do it. He's already got that, what, six-inch piece of highway out in the panhandle. It's three inches, Mike. Three Don't give inches. him too much credit. Three inches. All right. I did not know that. All right. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. What Parker is saying about Patty and OU softball sounds like where 
Nick Saban is with Alabama trickle down effect, and the talent is lining up to play for each of them respectively. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, if you want to play at the best program in the country, and uh, you're not necessary, it almost feels like you are guaranteed a national championship now at Oklahoma. And uh, Alabama, I don't know if they're quite in that boat now, but obviously Bama is still, even though Georgia won last year, I think they are the uh, flag, flagship program right now in college football. Uh, so, yeah, I like that comparison. And, again, Oklahoma's not going anywhere. I know Jocelyn Allo, that tells you what the power of the program is like when you lose a Jocelyn Allo, and they're going to lose Janet Johns and Lindsey Elam and Hope Troutwine, Taylor Snow. But when you bring back T.R.A. Jennings, whose numbers actually at this stage of her career are better than Jossie's, and then you bring back Jordy Ball, Grace Lyons, Nicole May, Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, Kenzie Hansen, and Elisa Brito, who was great last night, by the way. Um, who's going to beat that team? And then you very likely are going to add the Bernard kid, uh, Addison Bernard from Wichita State, who was really, I think, right there with Jocelyn Allo until late in the year as the best home run hitter in softball. So she's got it rolling. She has got it rolling. Okay, I want to get back to visits this weekend. We talked about DJ Lagways. Caleb Hicks coming in. Is that another name? Caleb Hicks will be in town. Uh, I'm trying to run through my mental list here. Lewis Carter, four-star linebacker out of Florida, is going to be in town. Uh, Cade McIntyre has actually already taken and completed his OU official visit, the three-star athlete out of Fremont, Nebraska. And who else am I missing here? Four-star edge rusher Colton Vosick out of out of Austin Westlake and uh, the prevailing theory is that he wants out of Austin in any form or fashion so OU Oregon and Clemson looking like the three top contenders there and then the final official visitor uh, whom we've touched on the show uh, Norman North running back Chapman McCown who does not have an offer from OU but owns a couple offers at the FBS level Air Force and Army and has heavy interest from Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. So that's a kid that can play a little bit, and that's one of those guys that Brent Venables and DeMarco Murray would really like to keep at home in Norman, if at all possible. Okay, uh, do you think that we will be, uh, on Monday, we will be nine days away? Yeah, nine days away. So next Tuesday, ten days away from Champion Barbecue. Are you still thinking there are going to be a couple commitments within that 10-day window? Eh, no, I don't think so, Mike. Uh, I think the the reality is, and you got to consider Venables' philosophy in all of this too. Uh, he's telling he's telling the guys that show up on campus at Oklahoma, you know what? You commit when you're ready. We'll take you. You're going to have to shut it down, but once you're done taking all your visits, you can go ahead and commit. We'll take your commitment, but until you're ready to commit. Go take all the rest of your visits. Take as many as you want to because you're not going to find a place that compares to Oklahoma. And so with that in mind, I would say I don't feel as great as I did heading into the barbecue about that over-under hitting within 10 days. But I do think that in the long term, the Sooners are going to land close to half of the players that they hosted over the this past weekend of the Champion Barbecue, if not more than half. Is the downside to that philosophy uh, that, you know, Clemson also uh, had a lot of success with, but is the downside the fact that if you don't get the last visit, some of these kids are so emotional, um, you know, not all of them, obviously, but if you, uh, let's say, 
you know, you have a kid come in for a visit and then he takes two or three more visits after OU, a lot of times you're, the last impression for those kids can be a big deal. Do you think that will be an issue for OU? No, I don't think it'll be a huge issue, and it may come into play with a couple of prospects. I would think Makari Vickers is one that, that that would be my primary concern about him in Oklahoma is the fact that, well, okay, he likes Oklahoma a lot, OU leads, his buddy Keon Brown is committed to OU, but after going to OU, he's going to go to Michigan, Alabama, he might OV to Miami, he might OV to Texas. So when you have a guy that isn't a heavy, heavy OU lean after his official visit, and he's got more OVs coming up, that's maybe where the worry factor comes into play. I think it, it, it is the kind of thing that will end up burning the Sooners once or twice, Mike, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. That type of thing is going to happen. There will be a couple guys, I promise you, that were leaning OU at some point in the process and made OU the first stop on their OV circuit, but then they go somewhere else, and that impression is a little fresher, and it wins them over. That will happen. It happens every year. But for the most part, I think what Brent Venables is preaching speaks to the confidence that he and this staff have in what they've built at Oklahoma. It's exactly what I just referenced a couple minutes ago, Mike. Go take all the rest of your visits, but at the end of it all, we guarantee you, you won't find a better spot than the University of Oklahoma. All right, other than the Ashton Cozart uh, situation where he decommitted from Oklahoma and wound up at Oregon, has there been any other uh, kind of major disappointment for OU with this staff? I don't think so. I think the one that's going to rub everybody the wrong way is if by Job, the four-star edge rusher out of Norman, ends up going elsewhere. I think he will go elsewhere at this point. I think that's not going to be received very well among Sooner fans because a lot of them aren't they, – they simply aren't going to understand the circumstances. And they'll look at it at face value and they'll say, well, that's a four-star national top 100 player from Norman. How do you not get him? Well, the reality is Bijope has only been in Oklahoma for a couple of years. He's originally from Senegal. The old staff slow played him and really put Venables and the new staff behind the curve in that regard. And he's got an Alabama offer that's committable. He's got a Georgia offer that's committable. He likes Miami. He likes Michigan State. He doesn't feel the same home state pull to Oklahoma that a lot of kids who've spent their entire lives in this state would feel. When you're talking about a kid like Cole Adams, and I forgot to, I neglected to mention him earlier, he's on campus this weekend for his official visit as well. That's a kid that maybe has a little bit more sway to the University of Oklahoma than somebody like By Joe will. But with those types of few and far between exceptions, I don't think this is a class where you're going to see a whole lot of big disappointments for Brent Venables and the OU staff, as long as you keep expectations reasonable. Your expectation should not be that the Sooners are going to land Anthony Hill. Your expectation should not be that the Sooners are going to land Richard Young. As long as you keep the expectations reasonable and you keep a level head with regard to who Oklahoma realistically should land in this class, I don't think there will be a ton of disappointment. 
All right, we'll break right here. Thanks again to Tim Lasher and his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need your AC fix tuned up right now. Probably do. At least get that tune up. You can give them a call, 405-579-3113. They'll do a great job for you. And uh, you can also hit us up. We're going right back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Later at 135, our Friday visit with Brandon Drum of 24-7 Sports and OUinsider.com. He'll be joining us on the Riverwind Casino. Casino line at 405-329-9000. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Connor Pasby running the show for us here on The Ref. It's Friday. Let's party. We'll be right back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on Steelman and Thune at noon. I'm inside the Brown O'Haver Studios here in Norman. we got Parker out in Vegas for the big event happening this weekend. And uh, what are we looking at uh, sooner-wise for prospects at this uh, 7-on-7 event out in Vegas this weekend? Yeah, so several, several high-end OU prospects, most of them from the class of 2024, that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, among those prospects are four-star 2024 running back Tovani Mizell, who right now is a top 50 player in the nation and near the top, if not at the top, of DeMarco Murray's running back board in the 2024 cycle. Uh, wide receiver DeBron Gatling out of Alpharetta, Georgia, goes to the same high school that one LT Overton attended. Uh, he's got a lot of love for OU early in the process, just picked up his offer a couple months ago. Uh, he has north of 40 offers at this point in time, so very highly coveted prospect. He is in action as well. Uh, obviously, you have the pass catchers from down in the state of Florida that Oklahoma is pursuing in that cycle. Josiah Trader, Jeremiah Smith, both five stars, both have already been on campus with Oklahoma this spring and are likely to return this summer. So that's just kind of, that's the top of the list for me as you look at everybody that's going to be competing this weekend. We don't. And that's the other thing, Mike. We don't all. We don't know who all is going to be here either. It's not the type of thing where the rosters are published. Not the type of thing where guys will tweet out that they're coming. It's just for the most part, you have a generally solid idea of who runs with which teams on the seven on seven circuit but on any given weekend man you can have a surprise or two that just happens to show up and decides to play uh, with one of these big seven on seven organizations for the weekend i mean malachi nelson is playing with a seven on seven team from miami this weekend he's playing on the same team as brandon innes and carnell tate and Makai Lemon and DeAndre Moore. So that's literally a 7-on-7 team that is pulling from both coasts to put a squad together for this weekend. So, uh, yeah, it's it gets to be hairy sometimes. Uh, it gets to be a lot, and it's hard to keep up with. But that's the beauty of the 7-on-7 circuit is that anytime you show up to one of these things, oftentimes you're going to be surprised by the presence of at least a couple big-name guys that you weren't anticipating being there. All right, uh, so what else are you guys going to do in Vegas, man? I mean, uh, Parker, you know, I'm not dogging you here, but you're not exactly the guy who's going to go out there and count cards like Rain Man. You're probably going to have a virgin colada or something like that. That's how you party. And you know what? That's probably a good idea. That's probably what I should have done a long time ago. Uh, You don't strike me as the guy who's going to be playing the machines or anything. So what are you going to do in fun for Vegas when you have a couple hours? Yeah, well, I tell you what, Travis is already making plans for us to go hit the Circa Sportsbooks after the shows today so we can figure out what OU's over-under win total on the 2022 season is. But I tell you what, right now what we're doing is we're sitting here in the hotel room, and I'm over here in the corner broadcasting, but on the TV – 
we got the Texas-East Carolina Super Regional matchup on ESPN2. And for those of you that haven't been keeping up, East Carolina leads the Longhorns 7-2 to in the fifth inning of that Super. So Go Pirates! OU is getting ready to square off with Virginia Tech first pitch around 2 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. for where we're at out here in Vegas. But uh, what a day it would be. What a week it would be if the Sooners advanced to the College World Series, Texas baseball was eliminated, and OU softball won a Red River showdown for the national title. Yes, and by the way, overlooked in this whole thing is the Patty's ladies got revenge because texas beat ou in the women's tennis final right so it was time to turn the tables on texas again by the way who's that psycho coach last night that guy looked like he was ready to storm the capital Jeez, what a loser what was his issue something about they rolled the ball back he was upset i guess that OU was still celebrating they should be in the handshake line already that guy needed to be tased I would have been all for a tasing right there, you know, just and seeing that guy shaking and just drop to the ground. I mean, it was that guy was out of control. I'm like, what is that dude's problem? Jeez. All right, we got to get out of here for the first hour. We got Parker in Vegas along with Travis Davidson, who's going to be on uh, with Tyler here in a little bit. We got another hour to go. More on the Sooners. Another natty for Patty. We'll hear from the players when we get back. Keep it here. Let's jump right into our second hour here on Steel Man and Thune. No longer at noon, now 1 p.m. Hope your Friday's going well, getting ready for the weekend and uh, Sooner Baseball in an hour, less than an hour from now in Blacksburg, Virginia at the Virginia Tech Regional. Jake Bennett on the mound for Oklahoma. On um, the AM side, on AM 1400, Sports Talk 1400, uh, 1.30 for the pregame show, Sooners and the Hokies of Virginia Tech. And that game will also be on ESPN2 today. Uh, Texas, again, trailing uh, East Carolina in the East Carolina Regional. 7-2 to is the current score in that game. All right, uh, the big story clearly is that the OU women are national champions. Now, the season may have felt like a coronation, but you know what? You still got to go out there and get it done. You don't want to be on the scrap heap of maybe great teams that – you know, failed to win a championship. And that's not a place where you want to be. But, you know, you think about what the Sooner women did after they, their season was on the line, right, when UCLA beat them in that first game in the semis. Oklahoma bounced back, beat UCLA 15-zip, run-ruled them, came out first game of the series against Texas, went 16-1, to uh, and then they come out and scored 10 last night, uh, beat Texas 10-5 to to win the championship. So – they end up outscoring their opponents uh, 41-6 in three games when their season was on the line, when uh, they were on the brink of elimination. And I think we all thought they would pull that off, but uh, that's that's responding, Parker Thune, is what that is. Like I said, there had to be a little bit – I know this is a very confident group, but maybe a little bit of shakiness – uh, from the OU team, just realizing, hey man, we gotta we, we gotta win this UCLA game to get to the final, and they just went out and destroyed the Bruins in that game. And then again, you fall behind, uh, you know Texas, and uh, you know last night, and you know Jordy Ball. We know that she's had some injury issues down the stretch. She was a little bit shaky last night, but her defense picked her up, 
and then they come back, and they don't even need homers from uh, Jocelyn or Tiare Jennings. They get a couple from Grace Lyons and Kinsey Hansen last night, along with some great defense, and win the game 10-5. to So you talk about responding in a big way. Uh, Oklahoma did it when all the chips are on the table. Exactly, Mike. And that's that's the thing about this team, is we've seen it time and time again. There's no better example than last night. Adversity never lasts for them because there are so many ways that they can halt a team's momentum altogether. And we talked about we talked about the play that Jada Coleman made in the top of the or I'm sorry, the bottom of the first inning when she brought back that two run homer. That was pivotal because even though Oklahoma was trailing at that point, and even though Texas was building the early momentum with a couple of runs that they already had on the board, a 2-0 lead feels a whole lot different from a 4-0 lead. And that's not to say that the Sooners wouldn't have been able to rally back from a 4-0 deficit, but in terms of your mentality, Mike, it's a lot easier to climb out of a 2-0 hole than it is to climb out of a 4-0 hole. But the fact that it was a defensive play, we talk so much about the bats, but the fact that it was a defensive play that really helped Oklahoma turn the tide, that tells you all you need to know about this program and how many ways that they can beat you. We talk about that a lot, how many different ways this team can beat you. And generally, it comes with one powerful swing of the bat. Last night, it was the three-run homer from Kinsey Hansen. That's what blew the doors off. But it's so many little things that lead up to that, whether a diving catch by Alyssa Brito or whether that's a double by Jada Coleman. You rewind to the night before and the decision by Mike White not to pitch to Jocelyn Allo. It's all the little things that this team does right all the little things that they do both at the plate and in the field that lead up to that moment. Kinsey Hansen's home run wasn't how do I how do I even encapsulate this properly? It was the final blow. It was like watching a boxing match and you've got two fighters going after each other for eight rounds and one starts to batter and break down the other with body blows and jabs and hooks and pretty standard punches, and then guess what? Sooner or later, they throw the haymaker out of nowhere, and that's mm-hmm. all she wrote. Yep. And that's what Kinsey Hansen's swing, that's what her home run l- last night was. It was not the only punch that Texas absorbed. It was the final one, though, and it was the one that made the difference in the game. No doubt, and uh, we are looking at, uh, again, players here in this segment because we had Patty in the first hour. Let's hear from the uh, Sooner players from last night's presser. Let's hear from Jada Coleman and Jordy Ball on the incredible catch by Jada, which was, like I said, it was Willie Mays-esque. It was Ken Griffey Jr.-like. It was phenomenal. The vertical was very impressive, too. Just a, one of the best catches. I, well, it's the best catch I've ever seen at the Women's College World Series. Let's hear from Jada and Jordy Ball on the catch. What's crazy is that we practice it all the time. Um, there's Brito in practice that robs home runs. Um, Boone will rob a home run, and we do that all the time. And it's crazy that it actually showed up in a game when we really needed it. Um, the best part of it is looking at Joe, and she's just like, let's go. And it's just 
that's the best part of making the whole play is seeing your teammates really excited for you. So it felt great. I have seen Jada do that over and over and over in practice. But when it's in a game and she has your back as well as everyone else on our defense, um, that stuff fires me up more than any strikeout ever will. So um, it just gives us momentum and really just lets me take a deep breath because they got me. All right, and uh, Parker talked about Kenzie Hansen, and you know this season has been an up and down season for Kenzie Hansen because of injuries, particularly late in the season. She's been kind of inconsistent, uh, you know, and she had the big breakout home run last night that really finally put Texas away. Um, I love what she had to say when she was asked about you know what the season's been like and now one in the national championship uh, based on all she's been through this year. Love this comment from Kenzie Hansen. Went through some ups and downs this year. I had a tough year. Um, I got injured a couple times, and then coming back mentally, it was really tough on me. But it's not about me, and that's something that I really learned throughout this year is, you know, coming in up and hitting that home run. You know, these girls have been doing it all year, and when I wasn't able to. So when I came up, my mindset was just, you know, do it for them. We're, it's a tie ball game. We're up by, I think, one run at the time. Um, I have Jordy's back, I have Hope's back, I have Nicole May's back, all these pitchers and my teammates that are up there giving everything every at bat, you know, it's just, it's about them. There you go. I love that. And that is kind of the dynamic uh, that you find with all these ladies. And like I said, I was so impressed, not only last night, but throughout the season, you know, cutting audio and listening to these press conferences, how they handle themselves. And you can tell that it's m more than softball. Uh, for this program. And sure, softball, winning, that's very important. But I also think uh, the kinds of uh, young ladies who emerged from that program, and they were probably, you know, uh, pretty good uh, in terms of how they were brought up and everything when they got to the program. But, man, they are mature. They are humble. Are they confident? Yes. Do they play with a lot of exuberance and joy? Yes. But are they, they seem to be really good ladies ready to uh, tackle the world after softball? Absolutely, as well. Jocelyn Allo got the cart curtain call last night and had, you know, probably the best, certainly up there among the best ever, no doubt, careers in the history of women's softball. And at the University of Oklahoma, maybe the best. And that's, we're talking about Kalani Ricketts and Lauren Chamberlain and Paige Parker, all the greats you want to throw out there. Jossie probably stands now on the top of that mountain. Let's hear from uh, Jossie getting a little bit emotional again last night, talking about the uh, curtain call and the title. I don't think the moment could have been any better. Um, and I've just enjoyed my time with these girls and... I'm sad that it, it is ending, like, but I'm going to just enjoy it. And these are the moments that I'll remember forever. Uh, but I'm just happy to be going out on top and to just know that um, all the hard work we put in um, paid off. So, yeah, I, I couldn't have scripted a moment any better for me to just exit out of the field. <laughs> It was great to see her emotion last night. And like we talked about, the computer locked up on us for just a second there. But, um, you know, we think about how dominant Jocelyn Allo is right now. And she was the most dominant player in women's college softball and has been for a couple of years. But it wasn't always a smooth ride for her at Oklahoma. You know, she was away from the program for just a little bit. Remember Patty 
uh, said it was kind of a, a little bit of a rocky road for her for a while. And then she turned things back around. She got a positive uh, attitude, great results again, and the rest was history. She becomes, again, arguably the best uh, women's softball player ever. But again, it was it was kind of a, at least early on, kind of the the long and winding road, you know, that Paul McCartney and the Beatles sang about. But man, uh, what a what a great finish to the road that she took at the University of Oklahoma. And one more comment: this was uh, Kenzie Hansen talking about what Jocelyn Allo meant to her. Everybody has that super senior that kind of takes them under their wing, and uh, mine was Joss. And. You know, to see her go, she's going to pass the baton down. And it's just something that I have always had here. So I hope that as my class gets older, that we make her proud. And the super seniors that have taught us that being a good teammate is the most important thing. There you go. A lot of emotion last night. Uh, I think everybody uh, just about at some point up there on the podium. I don't know if Jada Coleman did or Jordy Ball did, but definitely Kenzie Hansen, uh, definitely Patty, definitely uh, Jocelyn Allo. And again, you think about what Oklahoma's bringing back next year. Tiare Jennings, Jordy Ball, Grace Lyons, Nicole May, Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, Kenzie Hansen, Alyssa Brito. Uh, they could get the Addison Bernard, uh, you know, the slugger from Wichita State and more. So guess what? Oklahoma is going to be the heavy favorite again to win it next year. That's the kind of program that Patty Gasso has put together. All right, we're uh, here, I'm here, along with Connor Pasby in the uh, Brown O'Haver Studios on this Friday. we got our man Parker Thune out there with Travis Davidson doing work in Vegas. You'll hear Travis on with Tyler McComas coming up a little bit later on during the rush for his uh, Friday appearance on the rush, doing a great job. We'll take a break right here and head back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Got a text from a buddy of mine who's a very smart individual and has put Jocelyn Allo on the OU Mount Rushmore. I'll tell you about it when we get back. All right? Stay here on The Ref on this Friday. We are back. How we doing, everybody? Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car truck or SUV. And great service after the sale. The best guarantee I've heard of in the automotive industry. Oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Like I said, those are words that go well together. No additional and cost to you. Five words that I like uh, together. Arrange like that. No additional cost is always a good thing because usually what are we getting? Additional cost. You pick up your bill, cable or something, right? Where did this charge come from? This is additional cost right here. I'm wanting this thing up. We're talking about no additional cost to you. That is a rarity in today's society. People are looking to scam you all the time. Like Muleshoe out there at SC. That dude, the Bernie Madoff of college football. Can't help myself. I'm sorry. All right, Parker, uh, interesting uh, text I got during the break. You don't know Brad Lund, but Brad is a, a sports marketing guy from Oklahoma City. And when the Oklahoma City Blazers, he was working for Express Services, Bob uh, Bob Punk's company, right? Is that what the name of it was? Anyway. He uh, basically was the marketing guy and the GM pretty much for the Oklahoma City Blazers, who were they? It's minor league hockey, but they were like the hottest hockey team 
uh, in their league for years, and they would sell out games. It was a phenomenon, really, for a while. So Brad's really a smart guy, has his own sports marketing company now. And he texts me this uh, about Jocelyn Allo. Allo is on the OU Mount Rushmore for players non-negotiable. Leroy Selman, Wayman Tisdale, Baker, and Allo. I was in awe of her last night. Her persona, especially the entire venue stands when she comes to the plate. Everyone, cell phones are out, videoing her every at bat. People scrambling in concessions line, concession lines when she's on deck in absolute panic. They're going to miss her. And players on both benches not only get up but are leaning over the railing like it's Elvis. So what do you think? I mean, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore of OU athletes, Jocelyn Allo belong there now? I think so, Mike, just because what an she is OU softball. And on a greater scale, Patty Gasso is OU softball, right? You cannot disentangle Patty Gasso from OU softball. But I think more than any other player in the history of the program at this point, Jocelyn Allo has become one and the same in terms of her identity with the Sooner softball program as a whole. And so if you think of Sooner softball, for probably the next decade, depending what happens with T.R.A. Jennings' career, because as we were talking about yesterday, she has a chance to be just as good, if not greater, than Jocelyn Allo when all is said and done. But I don't know if even T.R.A. is ever going to have as much sway with this fan base and with the world of softball as a whole as Jocelyn Allo. She is the biggest thing i mean I, the elvis the elvis comparison is not far off base at all she's the elvis of college softball right now yeah and so and i said like I, the, I o, the ou team was like the the beatles two on the road right Beatlemania, wherever they went pretty much i think if you're building an ou mount rushmore at this point in time it's obviously subject to change as the years pass but as of right now i think you'd be hard pressed not to put jocelyn allo on it well, we've got some people on the Air Comfort Solutions text line uh, chiming in. Yes, Joshie should be on that list. Uh, Jossie, Wayman Tisdale, Leroy, and A.D. So I, I do think, <laughs> Michael, from I'm sorry. Steely, where does Muleshoe rank as a liar compared to some of the all-time greats like Clinton, Nixon, and Lance Armstrong? <laughs> that one came out of nowhere. He's definitely up there. I don't know. Uh, he's definitely up there. But, um, you know, I was trying to think of the only other – and look, Lauren Chamberlain was big as well. So Lauren Chamberlain in terms of – but Lauren Chamberlain still didn't have like – and, you know, the the OU, the the ladies are all talking about team and being a great teammate. And, yes, they they do have that. But Jocelyn Allo, because of what she did this year and the story with, you know – going to Hawaii and everything, she was the biggest star in college softball. And I'm trying to think if there was anybody else ever as big. And, again, Lauren Chamberlain was big. I would say second that I could remember would be Jenny Finch when she was at uh, Arizona. And a lot of that, Jenny Finch was a really good player, great pitcher, no doubt. But she kind of had the – people thought it was like a supermodel pitching, very attractive. And, you know what, Jocelyn Allo is beautiful as well. But that's more what I think Jenny Finch, uh, it, it was a little bit of that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with her. And I don't know. Do you guys, softball fans out there, let me know. That's the only other one that I can think of. And Lauren Chamberlain's pretty close, too. But 
I would say the only two that I can remember that were that big, just as not only players and maybe even personalities, would be uh, Jocelyn Allo and Jenny Finch, in my opinion. But my opinions opinions can't be wrong, but they can be disagreed with. So it, it's it's been amazing. I, I'm trying to think, though, um, you know, I'm thinking that T.R.A. Jennings, you know, <laughs> could end up, you never know, records are made to be broken. And just when we think, you know, ah, that one's never going to be topped, you know, or Tiger Woods is never going to win another major, no chance. T.R.A. Jennings' numbers right now, better at this stage of her career than, uh, than Jossie's were. And she's a spectacular player, T.R.A. Jennings. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Kat Osterman had a cult following, too. Yeah, I would say Kat Osterman's definitely up there. Um, but I can't think of anybody over uh, that I'd put over Aloe based on uh, after this year and how spectacular that was. Okay, uh, Parker, people want to know again, Oklahoma DJ Lagway. Uh, visiting this weekend, and you talked about this earlier that you thought that, uh, you know, he was going to be out in Vegas for that seven-on-seven event that you're covering out there with Travis, but um, he's he's coming to the University of Oklahoma. Now, you also said that SC could be a factor, right? Yes, they could. No. And it, the reality is that there are a lot of schools that could be a factor at this point in time. Lagway is class of 2024, so he's got a year and a half left until he's got to put pen to paper and sign. So this could go a number of different directions. I do think it's encouraging if you're an OU fan, though, the fact that he has already made multiple unofficial visits up to Oklahoma. Look, Texas A&M is kind of the one that looms large here because of the proximity to his hometown in Willis, because of how many five stars that they've already accumulated on that campus. You figure maybe Lagway would have, or maybe you figure the Aggies would have some pull with Lagway due to the proximity and due to the fact that he could be the next man up after Connor Wegman who is their five-star signing in the class of 2022 and is widely considered their quarterback of the future. But if you're lining up your guys every two years the way that Muleshoe was at Oklahoma and the way that he's doing right now at USC, if that's the model that Texas M or that Texas A&M is going to adopt, then you would figure they'll be looking for their next big-name quarterback in the class of 2024. And that very well could be DJ Lagway. But I do think USC is going to be a factor. I do think he's going to look at Clemson. I do figure Alabama will come into play. This is not a recruitment that Oklahoma is going to win easily. They're going to have to <laughs> they're going to have to put in a lot of effort and they're going to have to make it abundantly clear to DJ Lagway both in terms of the relationships that they cultivate with him and his family as well as their play on the field in 2022 because that will come into play as well. They're going to have to make it abundantly evident that hey, this is the right fit for you as a five-star quarterback. Okay, uh, somebody wants to know what's uh, what's the latest on uh, Jacoby Johnson. On Jacoby Johnson, he's going to be taking official visits to Alabama, Michigan, and Stanford. I would not put too much stock into those official visits because I believe Jacoby Johnson is going to be a Sooner. I believe that was written in stone long, long ago. I, I don't think Jacoby Johnson's heart has ever been or will ever be anywhere but Norman, Oklahoma. So I would figure that once those official visits have all been completed, he will circle around, make it official, and lock in with this Oklahoma chosen class of 2023. 
All right, uh, somebody 580 says, Parker sounds run down. Has the road trip whooped him? I sound run down? Do I? You sound super run. It's a, it must be Travis partying, right? Wow. Is geez, he leading I you astray? No, you don't sound run down. Yeah. I, I, well, I got, a, uh, I got one of these body armors here with caffeine. With like a caffeine supplement in it, so maybe I need to crack one of those. And you need to, dude. You see me every day, right? I'm I'm a Monster Energy guy. Dang, I didn't realize I sounded that run down. You, Is you that true, Mike? Uh, you don't sound that run down. Okay, good. Okay, well, one man's opinion, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna get my caffeine fix in now, so I can uh, I can bring it on locked in with Tyler. See, Travis seems like he might be kind of a Vegas guy. Is Travis a big Vegas guy on a 1 to 10 scale? Travis would be, I'm guessing, at least a, I'm going to go a 7 on the Vegas guy scale. Travis himself says on a scale of 1 to 10, he is a 10. Really? So is, oh, wow. So he's oh, sorry, all so, Sorry, sorry. I misread his hand signal. 8. 8 out of okay. 10. Okay. Well, I was close. I was very close. So I was within the curb there. All right, we're going to take a break right here. Thank you. Thank you, Seth Wadley. Thank you, Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Great deal on a car or a truck or an SUV. And again, the great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, we'll break right here. we got Brandon Drum joining us for his regular Friday visit. We will find out what Brandon thinks about what's going on with the Sooners in the world of recruiting and talk a little softball here on a, a National Championship Friday. Okay, we are back on a Friday. You like music, food? Uh, you should like both. I always always cracks me up when, uh, you know, somebody says, you know what, I really like music and movies. Yes, yeah, so does everybody on the planet. But you should really like music in the great outdoors with some great food also and some good craft beer. Craft beer from Coop Ale Works. One of the uh, sponsors, the uh, real, uh, the lead sponsor on Beats and Bites Festival uh, 2022 out at Riverwind Casino, back for the sixth year running. And again, we're talking about uh, great music, great fun, festivities, outdoors, all the best local food trucks, retail vendors. They even have a fireworks show planned on July 9th for the uh, show with the Randy Rogers Band on July 9th and the Fireworks Spectacular afterwards. Next show up is June 18th, Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. Three great brands, three great bands. Slow down, fool. See the Monster Energy drinks getting to me. Uh, And again, for only five bucks for each individual ticket. So again, next up, Everclear. Sister Hazel, Deep Blue Something, and then in July, two really good shows, the Randy Rogers Band with the Fireworks Spectacular afterwards, and then on July 30th, Scotty McCreary, who's red hot, damn straight's one of the biggest songs out there. Be great crowds for all of these shows, so get yours right now at Riverwind.com, $5 for each individual ticket. You can get them online at Riverwind.com or at the uh, box office inside the casino right right next to the Showplace Theater. Again, Beats and Bites 2022 is back. It is a awesome time. Shay and I were out there for the first show uh, with Starship and the Night Ranger. Had a really, really good time. Okay, we've got Brandon Drum, 247sportsounsider.com. Let's start with softball. I mean, uh, Patty Gasso, where are we putting – is the statue going to be – 
in front of the new uh, softball facility when it's built? And then where's the uh, Jocelyn Allo statue statue going to go? I mean, doesn't it have to be already up? <laughs> it should have been. She's got six national titles now, right? Yeah, so, I yeah. Mean, she's in Saban-esque territory, and I was just telling my dad yesterday that I think outside of Nick Saban, I don't think that there's any better uh, college sports coach than Patty Gasso going on right now. So it's, it's hard to figure out if, uh, I, I mean, she should already have one. I, I just, I, I believe that. Uh, she may not want one up until, you know, she retires or whatnot. But dang, man. Uh, watching that dom- the dominance of that team and seeing how she continues to recruit and recruit transfers is uh, quite remarkable. I mean, they are uh, the most dominant team in all of sports right now, especially in college. Now, Brandon, you were at the game last night when the Sooners wrapped up their fifth national title in nine years with the victory over Texas, 10-2 to in Game 2 of the championship series at the WCWS. Now, I want to ask you, Texas got out to that 2-0 lead. OU was struggling to find an offensive rhythm over those first couple innings. Was there ever a sense of uneasiness regarding the Sooners' chances to make a comeback and win the game to sweep the series? Or was there really never (laughs) – there never was any belief that uh, this might go Texas' way? No. I I stood in line with some guy getting peed, like before he peed with – for my wife and kids with my dad. And I remember him saying, oh, well, you know, I kind of hope he came down from Kansas. He was like, I hope Texas wins because I want to see OU slaughter him. And they're not Oklahoma fans by any stretch. They're wearing Kansas gear. And they said they get season tickets every time because it's a blast to come down to the softball Hall of Fame and just watch it throughout the whole World Series. And, you know, I turned to him and I said, I really don't think there's any way Texas is going to hold on. And I said, if Oklahoma scores or ties it up within the next inning, I think Texas is going to fold because they they're just they just see the writing on the wall. And right as they got that two two in the in the I think it was the fifth inning or third inning, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, when they caught it up two two, I turned to my dad. I said, this is over. I said, look at the Texas softball players right now. And you could you could see the dejection. You could see just how irritated they were, how upset they were. And uh, from that point on, they were – you could just tell the dominance and the confidence that Oklahoma had compared to what Texas did. They came out firing just like they did the night before for the second Oklahoma's bats got rolling, which is usually through the second or third time they get to the lineup. Uh, it was over. It was done for after that. And you, could, you could feel it and sense it in the stadium. Yeah, they looked like me after my opening tee shot in my Saturday nine that I play. It's like, you know, this isn't going to work out well, pretty much. I know what's going to happen. This is going to be really bad. All right, Brandon Drum joining us. Uh, OUinsider.com, 247 Sports does a great job joining us every Friday. All right, what about the visits this weekend? Let's start. Uh, Parker and I talked about it as well. DJ Lagway, how, how do you feel right now about Oklahoma's chances of possibly getting him to Norman? Uh, to actually play, not visit? Uh, you know, I like the odds. As long as A&M doesn't go all out for him, I think Oklahoma has a really good shot. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm like sold 100% on that idea because obviously we're just talking June and he's got a year and a half before it, a decision has to be made. But he's a quarterback. You kind of typically expect a decision to be made before the end of their senior year or somewhere around 
you know, that January, February, March time zone. So, I mean, maybe within the eight, next eight to nine months, we're going to have a really good feel for where Lagway is at. If he comes back up for another visit or two during the season, I think right then and there, Oklahoma fans should probably start to feel confident, especially if you see where uh, – if Oklahoma and obviously Dylan Gabriel is playing well, I think you've got to start feeling really good about your chances then because they've already got a five-star locked in with Jackson Arnold. you got another uh, chance with DJ Lagway. And then I think in 2025, there's a kid by the name of Kevin Sperry here at the camp right now, and they've already taken him back. He's going to go through, you know, a lot of the tours and stuff like that. He's already been invited to the spring game. Oklahoma's really high on the list, and Oklahoma likes him a lot as well. So they keep having him back up, and I think between DJ Lagway, Kevin Sperry, and obviously whoever else they decide to offer in 24 and 25, I can't see Oklahoma not walking away with at least one of the top, you know, four or five quarterbacks in either class. So uh, Levy's going to have this thing rolling. There's some confidence of what they're going to do this season and when I've been talking to a few people. And if that, that holds true, I really do think that Lagway has a really good – Oklahoma has a really good shot to land Lagway at that point. Brandon, I want to throw two names at you. Two blue chippers that are both on official visits with Oklahoma this weekend. Cole Adams, the homegrown four-star wide receiver out of Owasso, and Colton Vosick, the four-star edge rusher out of enemy territory in Austin, Texas. Two very different situations, two very different recruitments. What are the vibes there as things stand? I think, look, Adams went on his official visit to Alabama this past last week, and the fact that he didn't commit and he instantly, you know, decided, hey, I'm going to go take an official to Oklahoma before he makes a decision. I think that bodes, bodes well for OU in the end. I, I think he's going to end up liking it there. You have Jackson Arnold up on campus right now. He just went through the morning session of the camp and it's phenomenal, by the way. Uh, man, he played. He had some great ball placement, uh, but. I got to tell you, man, if I'm Oklahoma, I feel really good about where they stand with Adams. I think Kel Gundy's done a really good job of digging Oklahoma out of that hole that they were in that they're not offering. He was waiting on Oklahoma. You've got to feel good if you're an Oklahoma fan. But at the same time, you are going against Nick Saban in Alabama. And maybe he was just, you know, maybe he's coming down just to give Oklahoma a chance. Uh, if Oklahoma hits a home run, I, I kind of fully expect him to be in the class. I don't know about you, Parker, but I do fully expect him to be in the class when it's all said and done on National Signing Day. So uh, as far as Colton Batchelor goes, you and I have talked about this plenty of times. It, it seems like he's trying to get away from Austin because you don't hear Texas as like this main top player for him. They're in it, but they're not like the main top player. Like you, you keep hearing Clemson, you keep hearing Oklahoma – and you hear a couple other schools, but you don't hear Texas as, like, the main cog. I think Oklahoma, if they do really well this weekend, I think they set themselves up to be in a really good position to land him. I know that there's confidence in Norman that they have set themselves up uh, to at least potentially close the deal. So uh, I'm not saying they, they expect him to commit at this point, but I think Oklahoma feels like as far as, you know, the last week's visit for Champion Barbecue and this coming weekend, they expect to hit on a lot of these guys. And they think their class is going to be really special from what I've been doing. 
All right, Brandon, before we let you go, uh, Mule Shoe's making the rounds again. Now the, uh, the, the catchphrase is, I didn't run from the SEC, I ran to USC. <laughs> so on a 1 to 10 sack of sh- feces scale, how big is he right now? Well, um, there you go. I like I that. Very nice. A 12. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't just go to 11. It goes to 12. No. This one goes it's, it's to 12. Why don't you just keep it at 10? Everything is at 10. Here, because it goes to an 11. No. Uh, yeah, no. It's final tap reference. Love it. Yeah. No. Uh, so, look, he was full of crap is what it is. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he started, look, it, it's like the Jimbo Fisher stuff. The more you talk, the more you're full of crap. And the more Lincoln keeps opening up and trying to deflect all these perceived notions against him, the more people are going to believe those notions because he keeps trying to deflect away from them. Instead of just owning up and saying, look, man, I don't like where Oklahoma going to the SEC. I wasn't getting my way. I threw a fit. And now Brent's getting everything that I wanted and more as far as facilities, as far as NIL goes, as far as, you know, what have you. Lincoln is staffers. I mean, he got everything that Lincoln cried about and wanted. And at the end of the day, you know, the, he ran. He ran. I don't know any any other way to put it other than he ran because he wasn't getting his way. He didn't think Oklahoma was going to be ready for the SEC. And now you see that they're demolishing the Bud Wilkinson Center and there's potentially stuff going up there. I'm not saying there is or isn't. It looks like there's stuff going on there. So, uh We'll we'll see what OU announces. I think they're going to be pretty ready to go, and I think Lincoln Riley ran because he didn't think Oklahoma was going to be ready for the SEC. And lo and behold, it looks like they just might be. So So we need to thank Muleshoe's hissy fit and uh, narcissism for maybe pushing OU a little bit to get some of this other stuff done. uh, Well, I think they were always going to do it. Mm -hmm. I think they were always going to do it. Just not on his timetable, maybe. Yeah, I think he he was just – I, I don't know that, the, and this is just me talking, I don't know this is fact, so I want, everyone, I want to clear this and put this out here like a disclaimer before I say this, okay? I don't, I'm not 100% sure the donors were on board with Lincoln Tully because he had exiled so many people away from the program by shutting everybody out. Yeah, that and doesn't surprise I, me. I think the way Venables has opened everything up and the way he's been such a personable person to all the donors, to all the ex-players, I think you're starting to see donations skyrocket in, and I think that's where you're starting to see everything work in Oklahoma's favor, and particularly Brent Venable's favor, because he's treated everybody the same and with open arms. And you can have done it with the media. The media is open now. I mean, it's it's just different. It is. It has a different feel all the way around, and I think that feeling not just starts with the media. I think it starts all the way down the grassroots with the players to the strength and conditioning staff all the way up to – the donors and the media and, and, and the fans. I think everybody kind of feels rejuvenated. They feel more excitement around the program. They feel a sense of direction that they weren't really sure was going on when Riley was there because I think they felt like he was at a standstill. But that makes sense. No, I hear you. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Hey, great stuff, Brandon. Really good. We will talk to you next Friday. Have a great weekend. All right. Thank you all. Brandon Drum joining us, 247sportsouinsider.com. Yes, uh, what he basically said, I think, true is is true, is that Brent is a just a better human being. Mule Shoe is, is, you know, not a good human. 
We shall return. It is Friday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson coming up on the rush. Travis out with uh, Parker in Vegas. And we're coming back with one more segment, at least on our program today, but a lot more great radio ahead sooner. Baseball, about 11 minutes away from first pitch in Blacksburg. We'll be right back. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. I am here inside the Brown O'Haver Studios in Norman. Connor Pasby running the show for us today. Parker's out in Vegas for the big 7-on-7 event out there. And uh, we'll be joining Tyler for uh, Locked In at 2 o'clock. Travis Davidson, who's out in Vegas along with uh, Parker, will also be on the rush today with Tyler McComas. Um, You know what I think I need? I think I need testosterone. I think I'm the candidate that they're talking about because you see me go through energy drinks every day, right, Parker? You know, I got my energy drinks. I get coffee in the morning. You know what? I still feel a little, not like tired, but just I don't have the energy that I need. Now, that's an well, old you need man. To, you need to start doubling up on the raspberry zingers, Steely. Maybe that's it. Maybe the sugar is zapping me. It's a sugar crash later in the day. But I just don't want to go meet that one dude who was doing the commercials for the longest time because that dude was just, you know. But I think I need to just go and bathe in testosterone is what I need to do, maybe. What? No, wait a minute. Steely, any WREs this weekend? Any WRE? Is he talking about wide? Oh, Okay. (laughs) Weekend ruining events. Yes, those are, I, I forgot, WREs. I talk about you've got to avoid those weekend ruining events. Not that I know of. You can run into a weekend ruining event, though. Somebody comes in from out of town unexpectedly, and you're thinking, man, I'm going to get to watch the golf tournament. Well, Aunt Mabel's coming in. What? You know, something like that. What is a weekend ruining event for you, Parker? You've got one minute to tell us your weekend ruining events. Uh, well, for me, I'm usually on the road yeah. uh, over the weekend, so a weekend-ruining event for me would be my car breaking down, <laughs> which most recently <laughs> happened in December. Or my elbow breaking. Yeah, you had a couple of those. But you know what? You persevered. You were able to bounce back like the OU softball team when they lost to UCLA. You came back, and you've dominated ever since. Very impressive. All right, Parker, have fun out there. I know you're coming up with uh, with Tyler on Locked In here in a few, and you guys will talk a lot more recruiting and some sooner national championship softball, man. Uh, what a job by Patty Gasso and company. Just unbelievable. Well-deserved. Very, very cool last night. All right, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, X72. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. Great guarantee, oil changes, and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Great job, Connor. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you. Locked in is coming up next.